0: Square is a statue of Garibaldi, now more famous for biscuits than battles, and the town boasts only a dozen shops, two restaurants, and a wine bar. The council wouldn't sanction any more for fear it might attract tourists. There is no train service, and a bus appears in the town once a week for those foolish enough to wish to travel to Naples. A few of the residents own cars, but have little use for them. The town is run by the Consiglio Comunale, made up of six elders. The most junior member, whose lineage only goes back three generations, is not considered by all to be a local. The owner of the winery, Lorenzo Pellegrino, chairman ex officio, Paolo Carafini, the manager of the olive oil company, and Pietro de Rosa, the truffle master, are all automatically members of the council, while the three remaining places come up for election every five years. As no one has stood against the schoolmaster, the pharmacist, or the grocer for the past fifteen years, the voters have almost forgotten how to conduct an election. The Polizia locale had consisted of a single officer, Luca Gentile, whose authority derives from the city of Naples, and Luca tries not to disturb them unnecessarily. This story concerns the one occasion when it was necessary. No one could be certain where Dino Lombardi had come from, but like a black cloud he appeared overnight and was clearly more interested in thunderstorms than showers. Lombardi must have been around six foot four, with the build of a heavyweight boxer who didn't expect his bouts to last for more than a couple of rounds. He began his reign of terror with the weaker inhabitants of the town, the shopkeepers, the local tradesmen, and the two restaurateurs, whom he persuaded needed protection, even if they couldn't be sure from whom, as there hadn't been a serious crime in Cotoglia in living memory. Even the Germans hadn't bothered to climb that particular hill. To be fair, the policeman had retired the year before, at the age of sixty-five, and the council hadn't got round to replacing him. But the real problem arose when the mayor, Mario Pellegrino, died at the age of a hundred and two, and an election had to be held to replace him it was assumed that his son Lorenzo would succeed him. Paolo Carafini would then become chairman of the council, and everyone else would move up a place, with the vacancy being filled by Umberto Catagno, the local butcher. That was until Lombardi turned up at the town hall and entered his name on the list for mayor. Of course, no one doubted Lorenzo Pellegrino would win by a landslide, so it came as something of a surprise when the town clerk, on crutches, his left leg in plaster, announced from the steps of the Palazzo dei Municipio that Lombardi had polled 551 votes to Pellegrino's 486. On hearing the result, there was a gasp of disbelief, not least because no one knew anyone who had voted for Lombardi. Lombardi immediately took over the town hall, occupied the mayor's residence, and dismissed the council. He'd only been in office for a few days, when the citizens learnt he would be imposing a sales tax on all three of the town's main companies, which was later extended to the shopkeepers and restaurateurs, and if that wasn't enough, he began to demand a kickback from the buyers as well as the sellers. Within a year, heaven on earth had been turned into hell on earth with the mayor quite happy to be cast in the role of Satan. So, frankly, it didn't come as a great shock to anyone when Lombardi was murdered. Luca Gentile told the chairman of the council that the murder was out of his league. He would have to inform the authorities in Naples, and he admitted in his report that there were 1,472 suspects, and he had absolutely no idea who had committed the crime. Naples, a city that knows a thing or two about murder, sent one of its brightest young detectives to investigate the crime, arrest the culprit, and bring them back to the city to stand trial. Antonio Rossetti, who, at the tender age of thirty-four, had recently been promoted to lieutenant, was assigned to the case, although he considered it an inconvenience that would keep him out of the front line, but surely not for long. He assured the chief of police that he would wrap up the case as quickly as possible and return to Naples so he could deal with some real criminals. However, it didn't help that Luca Gentile.